Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. This show is sponsored by Comark, a global provider of innovative software products and business services. Comark's platform is used by leading brands across all industries to drive their customer loyalty. Powered by AI and machine learning, Comark technologies allow you to build, run, and manage personalized loyalty programs and product offers with ease. For more information, please visit comark.com. Hello and welcome to episode 212 of Let's Talk Loyalty. Today, I'm incredibly excited to be going back to my home country of Ireland to learn all about a loyalty program that won the Irish Loyalty Program of the Year in 2021. Player Park is a gamification-based program that was created to really engage Irish motorists, increase footfall and, of course, drive spend in convenience stores too. This incredibly successful fuel and convenience business is now owned by Circle K and the business continues to thrive as the market leader. I'm delighted to be joined by Aideen Keane, Circle K's head of marketing in Ireland, to explain how Player Park has won the hearts and minds of Irish motorists now for so many years. Hello, Aideen Kane, joining me from Circle K in Ireland. Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you, Paula. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be on talking um, about loyalty today. You're doing some incredible work, Aideen. And I think I mentioned to you all fair that I've been a huge fan of the Player Park program way back to its very beginning in 2013. So you have a wonderful story to share with our listeners today. But before we get into that, can I just ask you in, I suppose, a personal capacity, Aideen, as a as a regular everyday consumer, what would you say your favorite loyalty program is? Uh, I would say my, my answer is probably fairly consistent with others in terms of they'll automatically go to the loyalty program they've most engaged with as a, as a customer themselves. Yeah. And for me, that would be the Boots loyalty program. Okay. Um, so the, the Boots rewards and their card. And I have been a member of that program for a long time. I don't like to say the year because it will show my age, but <laughs> definitely since the early 2000s and, and definitely since I was in um, college, yeah. Um, and getting little, being able to earn points and use those points against makeup things are very, very important to yeah. uh, a college student when he can't really afford much more than the weekly noodles. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I loved it from then, um, you know, and what I like about it, it's, it's just been very, very simple. It's simplicity. It knows what the important yeah. customer wants and it gives it to them. Um, and I felt like it's evolved with me um, since my college days right into Probably oh. still still going in and picking up a lipstick here and there. It's just a nice street, isn't it? And um, um, yeah, it's it's the one I've probably engaged with the most over the last yes, twenty yeah. years or so. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, and I love what you said there, actually, Aideen, in, in that it evolved with your needs. I think that's actually a very big insight because, yes, you're not the student buying noodles anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, and I suppose our skincare has to evolve and there's lots of different things. So, so I think we all share that incredible respect for sure for the Advantage programme. And for anyone listening, I will say that we have agreed to have Boots on the show um, in a couple of months time. So um, we'll be looking forward to releasing that. So one for you to listen to as well, hopefully. Oh, I'll be tuning into that one for sure. Absolutely. Great, great, great. So listen, as I said, there's a couple of reasons I wanted to talk to you. Um, everyone listening knows I'm Irish and um, so quite familiar with the loyalty scene in Ireland. And the Player Park program actually was an extraordinary creation when it started back in 2013. Were you involved at that stage, Aideen, or did you join after the company was taken over by Circle K? I joined when it was taken over by Circle K. I actually joined in May 2020. So like Peak lockdown okay. activity, um, I would say. So, um, but I was aware of the Player Park program, um, an admirer of it, and I thought it was great. And it's really interesting, actually, how Player Park started with experiential rewards. Where yeah. I can see more brands actually moving towards that area now. Yes, um, but yeah, it was it was a great one because it was um, again, it's simple. Um, for me, it's yeah. so important that for customers, what do I get out of it, and what do I need to do to get that out of it? It's yeah. just so simple, um, and that's what I really really liked about it. Yeah, uh, and it was it was very it was a very friendly campaign. It was very likable. Um, yeah. so all of that was really really appealing. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think what struck me at the time, Aideen, was first of all simply how many awards the program won. Um, mm. so Player Park was on the international stage. Probably the first, I would say, high-profile gamification-based program, and and I think you're absolutely right. That's very friendly name of play or park, and we'll get into exactly what that means. But I always have this sense, you know, in fuel retail particularly, and I know certainly, obviously, convenience retail is where the the big opportunity lies. But fuel is such a grudge purchase. So layering in that idea and experience, as you said, of gamification was just a genius strategy from the outset. Yeah, and I think Circle K and before that, um, when it was Topaz, it really led the way in that um, gamification and then extending it on to other things like our scratch and win or our spin and win games that were added on. Um, People kind of know us for that now um, and, and seek us out and you can see if we launch a new game, people are talking about it on boards, looking what the prizes are. And I got one today and I got this today and sharing wow. tactics. Uh, I'm not sure what tactics there are, but we're yeah. really interested to see people really engage with it when we have it. Yeah. And when we tease that these games are coming, um, people get massively excited about it and are sharing it with their friends. And you wow. just see all these comments saying, hey, it's back, it's back. So um, it's it's great. It's great that we've built out that ownership of that space now in Ireland. Yeah. And it must give you a lot of reassurance as well, Aideen, I suppose internally as much as anything else, because I think a lot of people listening around the world, you know, we run our loyalty programs and we we do our business cases. And I suppose sometimes you get quite siloed in terms of, you know, what we're doing and you wonder if it's resonating. So to get that kind of feedback with Irish consumers must be extraordinary. Yeah, it's so positive. And, and you're right with loyalty. I think sometimes in companies, it feels like something it's like a tick the box or something that you must do and we must get a loyalty program in. Um, And really, you know, what it's all about, you know, I haven't worked with loyalty programs as long as maybe some other people have, but I have worked in retail for 20 years now, retail marketing. And loyalty really is a lens, you know, it's what you look at the business through. um, It's about retaining customers and there's different ways that companies do that. And I think the more companies can look at it that way and realize how, just integrative is to the whole company, the easier it is to sell internally, but also the easier yeah. it is to do the right thing for the customer as well. 
Totally. And and I really do remember actually being quite concerned, Aideen, because it is often a case where, you know, the market leading retailers, we've talked about fuel retailer, was yeah. previously known as Topaz. I think it was 2015 when Circle K acquired the business, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I suppose my concern is always that, well, maybe there's a different set of objectives. Maybe there's a different strategy. Maybe Player Park won't survive with the new yeah. management team. So, so do you know, was there ever a debate about it or how was it seen internally as a, you know, as a loyalty tool, as, you, as you've outlined? Yeah, I think um, there, I, I was looking at the Circle K acquisition externally and I probably didn't see the Circle K acquisition um, as a customer until a couple of years later, 18 months later, when they started the full rebrand. Yeah. Uh, I worked in retail, worked for one of the discounters at the time and Ireland being a fairly small country. One of my colleagues had actually gone to work for Topaz. So I followed her on LinkedIn and just with her career with interest because I was very interested in the fuel and convenience space as well. And um, all of a sudden I saw this big conference where everything was red and Circle K. And I was like, what is this Circle K? This is mad. It's like, I've never heard of these. And then all of a sudden, and they did an amazing rollout program because all of a sudden Circle K was everywhere on the road. They were, you could see them in action. You were driving, just driving driving down the the Mace dual carriageway and, uh, seeing guys up there replacing the blue with the red. Yeah. It, was, it felt a bit mysterious. Um, but what really, I think, brought it home for me, which I thought was great and really made me admire the brand, is the campaign they did then to, to launch Circle K to the public. Um, so they did it kind of around the right time, just when people were kind of wondering what is going on here. Yeah. Uh, and their, the main kind of hook with the campaign is new name, same people. So it was kind nice. of... Nice. Yeah. It's, it's very simple. Again, just really, really simple. Um, it's reassuring. Yeah. It's two four words, but it's extremely reassuring four words. Powerful. Yeah. The campaign used real staff. And that's in all my career, that's an approach I've been really, really fond of is actually using real people to speak on behalf of themselves and their experience. Nice. The brand, whether that being an employee or a customer or a supplier. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was lovely. It was just just staff, store managers and particularly retail staff, customer facing staff sitting in front of the camera and saying, you know, this is great. It's really exciting. I'm really excited about the journey we're about to go on with 30K. Yeah. Um, so I think unless it was absolutely necessary, there was no kind of will to, to change, you know, everything and completely yeah. um, rewrite the book. And when there was already such a good loyalty program there, which was multi-award winning, as you say, and yeah. people were really engaged with and really fond of, um, it just, there wasn't felt like there was a need to, to change that up. Um, wow. And it was really about how do we, bring that and how can we learn from it actually circle k were were yeah. massively interested in how we could learn from that program and yeah. how can we take some of those learnings across our other um, business units as well yeah uh, and richard who, who's still on the team and um, he was part of that launch and did an amazing job yeah um, richard pollock and he um he did just an amazing job of building that out and making it the award winning program that it is Yes. And I remember writing about the program as well at the time, Aideen, and seeing a wonderful um, paragraph, just I suppose it was in the Irish Times. And it was just talking about this, I suppose, corporate philosophy as well for Circle K about uh, steel with pride, talking about taking the best ideas in the business. So it does sound like the loyalty proposition for Circle K in Ireland is, is certainly well known with Circle K globally by the sound of it. Yeah, no, it is. Absolutely. And the things that we would have done that won other awards throughout the year is like our digital stamps for our coffee, mm-hmm. um, which was an industry first in Ireland. That is wow. That is something that they're taking into other VUs as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's 
it's always imitation is always the best form of flattery when you're doing something well and you see other retailers in your market doing something similar you're like well obviously we're doing the right thing yeah we, we know we're doing it because they're doing it but also because we know what's working for our customers yes yeah Will you just explain, Aideen, the customer proposition of the player park? So the meaning of those, again, simple, clever words and how do consumers earn, I suppose, and burn? You know, just that basic proposition, because, again, you know, there is a points currency there, which always makes people nervous in terms Mm. of the liability that can often come with that. But again, you guys have found a way around that, which I think is genius. So I'd love you just to talk us through maybe the consumer proposition and then maybe how the the points is managed. Yeah, so for the consumer, you're and it's very clear when you go into store and, and look at any of our point of sale. Um, anytime you purchase with us, whether it be fuel or whether it be um, something in our shop, you will earn points. Um, and as long as you obviously scan the card, yeah, um, you then use those points to enter into competitions. So you, as part of you, will get treats every month and, and all of that kind of thing. But those treats aren't related to your points as such. You, you'll have a minimum amount of points that you'll get to. But you use those points to enter for experience rewards. So um, it's always been a really big ticket, something that you'd probably not book yourself because it's, you know, too far out there, like a massive trip to New York with, you know, a lot of spending money or the Maldives or Thailand. Yeah. Um, something that's really attractive to people. And you use the points to enter for those competitions. Yes. Um, and those they they're won every month. Um, okay. So there's really good odds, I think, of, of actually winning those competitions as well. And what yeah. we're expanding it out to now is is more um maybe we're going to keep those big ones, but then we're looking at how can we bring kind of smaller rewards in there and, and other prizes to keep people interested. Yes. Yeah. Um, just things like we've brought in things like iPads and, and stuff like that as well. But yeah. really it's about using those points to win experiences and that's what it's always been about yeah um and in i suppose from our perspective it reduces the risk and um, because you're right with points earn and burn you know from an internal perspective that can there's mm. kind of a feeling there's a little bit of a lack of control there potentially yeah uh, and if you're trying to put control on it then you're not doing the right thing for the customer totally. you're starting to put you're, you're you're starting to think a different way than about how to serve the customer yeah um, and you're probably serving yourself better if you're if you're trying to control the points so yeah. for us, it was a lovely way of probably keeping a bit of reassurance internally um, that they all go towards entries and those entries go to, go towards um, prize wins. Yeah. So um, that's, that's I suppose, how it worked. And it was developed in 2013. We were probably not far out of recession. Yes, so exactly. To be launching, yeah. launching a loyalty program at that time is a big step for any company to take. So yeah. I think it was a, absolutely the right move to do. Yes. Yeah, for sure it was. And am I right? Is it about 200 points that you need to play for one of these monthly yeah. experiences of a lifetime? Yeah. Yeah. So once you reach your 200 points, you're able to, to um, enter a competition and put your entry in. Absolutely. But you can also park your points, which I think is just a wonderful play on words for, for motorists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's, it, as, as I suppose, as I said before, it it's really clear to the customer what they have to do and what they get out of it as well. So yes, I suppose the key is in the simplicity there. And But also what I love, and I was looking at your prizes at the moment, for example, Aideen, so I'd be much more interested in going to the Maldives than Barbados, although I'll take either, clearly. <laughs> yeah, and we during, I suppose, lockdown, we were very conscious and we had a lot of conversations. So should we remove those kind of competitions? Yeah, um, travel. And then it was yeah. like, you know, we need to, there needs to be some hope there that we're going to be in, in on totally. planes again, flying to these locations. We did, however, intersperse them with other big ticket prizes that people 
could probably relate to a little bit more. So okay. things like um, those kind of prefabricated cabins that you can get, you know, your home offices or, oh, or nice. man cave or whatever yeah. way you want to call it. Um, yeah. So that was a competition and also um, just cash prizes as well. Just, okay. um, just simplify it again. But we were never yeah. going to step away from those big experiences because that's what people aspire to yes. um, and want to get away to. So we made sure they were still a fairly regular part of the programme. For sure, for sure. And then I don't know whether it was Player Park, Aideen, or or Circle K, perhaps, uh, that took on the sponsorship of Team Ireland. And obviously yeah. the Olympics had a difficult time, like everybody and everywhere, um, given COVID. But I would love to get a sense, you know, what was the idea behind getting involved with Team Ireland, you know? Yeah, I think for us, for Circle K as a brand, I mean, they had that lovely campaign you know, that the, the new name, same people. Um, but there was a massive challenge in that Topaz was an Irish-owned brand. Okay. Um, and people had that affinity, you know, it had a very, very high level of brand awareness. Um, and I think Player Park maintained that definitely on the loyalty side, but just as a brand and how people related to it, okay. there was a sense of a, a bit of a mysterious brand still. You yeah. know, it's not an Irish brand. Um yeah. And trying to bring a level of personality and community connection was massively important to Circle K. Um, okay. And community connection and making the brand, I suppose, more not, we're never going to make a brand more Irish or pretend yeah. the brand is Irish, but we can show how a brand is supporting Irish interests and needs of communities. Um, okay. And that was the angle that was taken when it was um, decided to go ahead with the Olympics and the Paralympics partnership. Mm. Um, and that was really around. There was a couple of insights there. It was, you know, the Olympics had had, you know, a difficult few years themselves. Mm. Um, the OFI were doing a huge amount of really, really good work with their athletes and bringing their athletes along their own journey. Yeah. Um, and for us, aligning with somebody like the OFI and Paralympics, um, so both yeah. amazing organisations. Both, yeah. You know, really pushed us to the forefront of customers' minds as supporting Irish interests and needs. Yeah. Um, but where Player Park actually came into that and added a lovely element was that linking it back to the communities. So Circle K, if you look at it, maybe like an, almost like a Venn with three mm. circles. Yeah. And you had Circle K, you had communities um, and you had the, the athletes. Because okay. yeah. another insight that came out is that people support the Olympics every four years. They get yeah. really behind it. Yeah. They don't really know a lot about what happens in the four years in between those events. Yeah. So they know that athletes, you know, they must obviously train very, very hard. They're not that close to it. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know there's a, probably an athlete down the road or in the local village or using the same service station as they use. Wow. Um, and what we wanted to do is probably use our program to bring people closer to that and bring us closer to communities as a part of that. Wow. So what came up then was um, that another, I suppose, um, probably industry breakthrough in terms of using those digital coins. So when you generated your points, yeah. Not only did you keep your points to enter your your competitions as you normally would, yeah. but you also and you also generated digital coins for the athletes. Um, and then the athletes were given their own app where they could use those digital coins as a currency to redeem that against fuel and treats and healthy food items from the deli, whatever it is they were into, yeah. or what they needed to to help them on their training journey. Wow. But also we would highlight um on our app where there was local athletes in different communities and where they were based around the country to bring customers closer to that. Yeah. So it was really, to me, it was um, a really, really nice campaign to do. Um, and that was done without knowing what was coming down the track in 12 months time with the pandemic and moving out to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, so 
as a as a start off point, the athletes were massively engaged. It was 176 athletes, I think, registered on it. Wow. That might not sound like a huge amount from bigger countries who have more athletes than the Olympics for a country <laughs> like Ireland. That's huge. Yes, it is. Um, and I still, you know, I've been to a couple of Olympic events and things like that, celebrating the athletes. And they yeah. will come up to you when they know you're from Circle K and really express positively how wow. the program was for them and how it helped them. Yeah. Um, particularly on the field side. You know, a lot of them have to travel to go training, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Um, and even yeah. if they just want to treat a bag, bag of her own brand, Circle K, jellies you know um which wow. are really really good by the way you should try them out when you're you know oh I will I love jellies um, <laughs> but um and they probably wouldn't like to admit that that's what they were buying but sometimes they did sometimes. <laughs> we won't name but, them <laughs> yeah but genuinely they, they, yeah. it was a really tangible benefit so it wasn't just kind of just supporting and raising awareness and we did that for the Paralympics but for the Olympians and the Paralympians they got something really tangible out of it they got something in their own hands yeah, um, which was really, really good and supporting them on their journey. Yeah, and, you know that was part of our program. The other part of our program was a really strong program of in-store activation um, for 2020, and then obviously in-store activation, anything in-store, pretty much was put on hold. Yeah, um, when everything hit in March 2020, and mm-hmm. we had to completely pivot that side. But what was so great for us is having that digital app for the athletes because that just continued as normal. Um, and they were still able to get that support from us no matter what was happening. And now they were training at home. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the things that they did to, to replace their equipment, they couldn't access the equipment were pretty innovative. Um, but again, they would have said that was something that really kind of helped get them through. Yeah. Just having that support from Circle K, K as well. Absolutely. And I do love when a loyalty program can help build the brand. And particularly, as you said, Aideen, you know, connected to community and connecting the athletes to their local community. I think that's a brilliant idea and a lovely way really to to, to make that that feeling, the emotional loyalty, I guess, is what I'm getting to, because yeah. we all talk about it and so many people go, but I, but how? <laughs> I know. And like one of the things we were really keen to measure was um, Circle K is involved in and supports the local community. And that yeah. score raised, was rose, sorry, what's the right correct? That score increased by 83% from wow. the start of the campaign uh, when we measured it towards the end of the campaign. Wow. And we really, it was successful in connecting the Circle K brand with the Irish consumer. And that's really what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but what I really liked as an add on is, is the athletes' engagement. They really got behind it. They shared it on all their channels. Okay. Um, they used it. Um, they yeah. benefited from it. And that was yeah. really valuable to us as well. Yeah. Like your Venn diagram. It's a win, 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 huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then commercially, Aideen, um, you mentioned obviously the um, the scores there in terms of, uh, you know, building community awareness with, with Irish consumers. What other things would you say Player Park is being used to drive for the business of Circle K? Because at the end of the day, you know, this is a, you know, again, a business with razor thin margins, usually particularly with fuel. So so how do you justify it? What are you measuring? Yeah, I mean, we'll measure, uh, we, obviously we measure the brand and that's really nice things to be able to talk about. But we also look at um, our signups, our engagement. We had a really strong sign-up program at the start. And now it's really about maintaining that, isn't it? It's, it costs much less to maintain it than it does to keep yeah. signing up new customers. Um, but we do, and we look at sales to loyalty members and how they're tracking as well. And say, for example, during that campaign um, has been a really good engagement campaign. Our sales to loyalty members were up 10.3%. So that's wow. obviously increased revenue to the business. So anytime yeah. we kind of turn on something like that, um, you know, we can see the results at our tills, which is obviously really beneficial as well. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, and the move more towards automation 
um, we are always looking um, in the background at where people maybe are drifting slightly and there's, yeah. there's things that are happening in the background to kind of give them a nudge, give them an extra offer, get them back in our doors. Yeah. And obviously that drives increased revenue as well. Of course, of course. And I should have mentioned as well, uh, we did have one of your uh, colleagues from the car wash business on the show recently as well. Uh, Lars Hecht talking all about yeah. the incredible subscription product um, that's working across three markets. Um, so that was very insightful. So just in general, I'm, I'm sure if you are working on anything, you won't be able to say, but just yeah. what is your view of, of subscription as a form of loyalty, Aideen? I think it's great. Um, I think it's it's something it, it's something new and it's something fresh for customers. Yeah. Um, earn and burn and points. You know, um, some companies are doing it really really well. Um, for this again, it's it's locking in that relationship a little bit more, and particularly with things like car wash, it's a regular thing you have to engage with. Yeah. Um, and it's like you know, it's like fuel. It's like coffee. It's it's part of your your day. It's part of your. It could add it could add to the hassle of the day or it could make your day better if it goes well and something mm. like the, the subscription service where again it just makes it easy um, yeah. and for, for me anything we're working on or anything we're looking at is around our three pillars and that's you know ease personal connection and value but ease is so important to us and oh, subscription yeah. really taps into that it's yeah. all about that you know like anything that we do any lessons we've learned um is when we haven't looked closely enough at how we're making it easy for the customer We've, you know, we might have looked at some way that we're rolling out an initiative and there's some technical issues around that. And we're like, we're dealing and we're looking very closely at how we can resolve those. Mm. But where we've learned lessons is where we haven't maybe looked at, okay, how does this translate to the customer? How do they experience it? Is it easy for them? And if we can't answer the question, if it's easy for them, we shouldn't be proceeding with it. So that's where I see subscription being a really valuable add on to that um, Mm. and how we look at things internally. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's music to my ears. Um, We did at one stage do an entire show about, you know, how simplicity uh, for brands drives actually the corporate valuation. And there was some credible research done around all of that. And you only have to look at things like Google or Netflix or even McDonald's. It doesn't matter the sector, but that mindset of ease and simplicity, you know, I think there was a term I learned at the time called cognitive overload. (laughs) And I was like, OK, yeah, even the word itself is uh, is overwhelming. So you're totally right. We're busy people. We want our loyalty programs to work for us um, and without having to jump through hoops, calculate the mathematics, you know, how, how rich is it or not. And actually, I did also think when you were mentioning Boots earlier, Aideen, one of the reasons that I think we feel rather than actually know, perhaps as consumers, is actually it's quite a rich program. So, again, a very different category of Retail. I believe yeah. their rewards are about 4%, but that's incredible. And again, they probably have the margins to do that. But you guys are doing exactly the same with a totally different mechanic and it's really working so well. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so important for a fuel and convenience retailer to be looking at it that way because, you know, our our markets are you know, families um, on the road. They're hardworking heroes. Yeah. There are people who have places to be and things to do. Um, they don't necessarily want to kind of, they're not going to waking up in the morning saying, I oh, can't wait to get to my local fuel retailer yeah. and, and have a browse because there's nothing else to be doing. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they are, they do want ease. They do want less hassle in their day. Yeah. And wherever we can help them with that, I think that's yeah. going to reap rewards for us as well as them. 
Yeah, I love that term, hardworking heroes. I think that's, that's really nice. And you're absolutely right. I suppose when we think about loyalty as an industry, starting with, you know, high powered executives flying first class to, you know, the insights that drove those loyalty propositions compared to the, the hardworking heroes and what they need through your program are very different. So, uh, so I'm really loving the work that you're doing to make it relevant for them. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, wonderful. Um, I suppose as a closing note, I wanted to congratulate you on last year. You won two fantastic awards with the Irish Loyalty Awards. Uh, one was the Technology uh, Loyalty of the Year, which was extraordinary. Yeah. And then you won the overall, the best loyalty program in Ireland. So you must have been absolutely thrilled with those. We were absolutely. And unfortunately, um, and I, I do have to call it Marion and the Irish Loyalty Awards for doing yeah. an amazing job for yeah. elevating the industry in Ireland as well and really supporting it and driving it and keeping it alive when, when you have to keep moving the totally. event and, and changing yeah. it. And yeah. it was supposed to be a live event. And at the very last minute, then more restrictions came in. So it moved online. So yeah. um, they did a lovely job of making everybody feel part of an event at the same time. And we I was sitting at home with my cocktail and <laughs> my few uh, little treats and yeah. um yeah um with with my makeup and my earrings on and um amazing it was um you know first of all it was great to see some of the other programs that were for awards because that's how we learn that's how you know yes we see what's going out there in the industry and what's at the forefront but yeah. to actually win in in you know in the face of all of the quality that's out there to actually win the best loyalty award in the industry was just amazing i mean the, the yeah. company and we value loyalty very much within Circle K to actually win. That was a huge source of pride for everybody. Yes, absolutely. And at the time that we are releasing this show, we will hopefully be meeting each other in uh, Ireland again now. So the Irish Loyalty Summit is coming up, Aideen. So I'm sure yeah. you have a few few irons in the fire for that one as well this year. Yeah, absolutely. And um, look forward to seeing what comes out of that. It's going to be a really, really interesting day. It is. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. So listen, Aideen, that's all of the questions I have from my side. Um, as you know, the show is broadcast globally, loyalty professionals all over the world. Super excited to hear what Circle K is doing with Player Park in Ireland. Do you have any closing thoughts or other things that we should mention for listeners before we wrap up? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's really, if I was to say anything and give any advice, it's about doing the right thing for the customer. Um, if you're doing that, I think you're doing the right, you know, yeah. You can't go far wrong if you're doing the right thing for your customer. And yeah. Always have that in your mind with everything that you do. I love that because actually I do think people feel it, you know, uh, it's one thing to, as you said, take the box, you know, and, and just to run something. But when you have that integrity around the program, it definitely comes through. So with that said, I'm just going to say Aideen Keane from Circle K in Ireland. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you for having me, Paula. This show is sponsored by The Loyalty People, a global strategic consultancy with a laser focus on loyalty, CRM and customer engagement. The Loyalty People work with clients in lots of different ways, whether it's the strategic design of your loyalty program or a full service, including loyalty project execution. And they can also advise you on choosing the right technology and service partners. On their website, the Loyalty People also runs a free global community for loyalty practitioners. And they also publish their own loyalty expert insights. 
So for more information and to subscribe, check out theloyaltypeople.global. so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.